0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, August 11th. L.A. Galaxy getting ready to face off against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, a Ricky pooj press conference thingy that happened today, which is a little weird. We're going to talk about Greg Vanny. He talked about a bunch of things. I think we're going to be able to clear up some things, tell some stories, give you some backstory on a whole bunch of things as well, and then the Vancouver game, All-Star, all that fun stuff get, is, is coming up for you uh, right now. To help us right now on this wonderful day, he's back and wearing a very sharp polo. I must say... It's the hammer himself, Mr. Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going, buddy?
1: It's going great. I'm feeling very comfortable, very light, very airy in this uh, corner of the galaxy company polo here. As uh, <laughs> I, I like to come to the podcast to escape work life, but somehow this feels like I'm going to work, put on the uniform, put on the polo, going to work. But credit to you, sir good quality shirt yes it's forgiving yes. in the size department it, it's so. a
0: ca- it's a cadillac of a shirt <laughs> yeah let's let's not let's not lie yeah. the panda ordered xxl and i would i would imagine it like comes down to his knees and he swims in it a little bit so uh, i just
1: a, a cog nightgown i i'm interested put a, <laughs> put Put it in the shop
0: lock let's let's make it happen a nightshirt, nice <laughs> right that's it, did you used to do like it, anytime anybody got you like a really big shirt like it was some throwaway shirt or something you would end up like sleeping in it and then you ha- you still have that shirt even right now yep. you've never thrown it out it's like now 35 years old
1: the funny thing is those are now my wife's shirts
0: oh so she, she yeah, steals them
1: she's she's the shirt stealer okay. in this house so so yeah the you know what's mine is hers that that's what you get when you get married you know those things happen but yes that has happened uh, unfortunately uh I find myself growing out of some shirts (laughs) in some cases. So maybe I need to go in the other direction. Yeah,
0: I I was getting ready. I was at work today. I was getting ready to go eat. And I I had been waiting to try to eat because I was trying to finish stuff up. And I'm waiting and waiting. And finally, I'm like, I have to go eat. I go, my stomach is getting bigger every day. And that means it has more and more control over my life. So I'm going to eat right now. So that's sort of that's the state of mind I'm in right now. Just just fall right into it. Just let it happen.
1: Yeah, and that's why, you know, (laughs) I'm just gonna lean into it, yeah. It's yeah. one of those like, you know, I think XL. If I could remain in the XL, that's great. I don't have, yeah. Just don't, don't. When I get, that, get to that two X, then maybe I'll. I'll, I'll uh, well, especially you know, with, fi- fire the alarms. But
0: as long as I can just stay in the range, I'll, I'll be okay. Especially here in the United States, the XL basically just keeps growing with you, right? It's just vanity <laughs> size, and they just <laughs> keep making it bigger. These. Yeah, exactly. Those shirts. I actually tried to shrink mine, like you know, hot water uh, as hot as you could in the in the wash in the in the dryer and stuff like that. It, it didn't work. It's one of those shirts that won't even shrink. So.
1: Well, yeah, the material it's it's good quality. It's That's good quality. A uh, testament to the quality, of, of course, of, of the big boss man there. So of thank course. you, sir. Hope.
0: hope Hope you're well. <sighs> I'm something. I'm something. I'm probably better than Chicharito, who thought he was only going to play 30 minutes and ended up playing 45 minutes at the All-Star game. Thanks, Adrian Heave. Yeah, that
1: was weird, right?
0: That's su- that's super sketch, though. Yeah, like because, and we're going to talk about it. Greg Vanny talked about it in his press conference as well. But he said I, I asked him because I was like, oh, we haven't asked about Chicharito and. And Julian Araujo, whether they're back and whether they'll be available and all this fun stuff. And then he goes, uh, he goes, I expected Julian. As soon as he said, I expected Julian yeah. to start 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's ticked that Chicha went more than 30 minutes. And he goes, he goes, you saw Chicha start to take the armband off at the at the All-Star game in Minnesota. Um, and then all of a sudden he had to put it back on because he was still on the field. So he was one of the I think he was he the only forward that played 45 minutes. For whatever That's, reason, Adrian yeah. Heath and he didn't think he was playing 45 minutes. The announcers thought that the, the forwards were playing 30 minutes. Like everybody thought they were playing, th- except for Adrian Heath. You, you ready for the tinfoil? I'll hat? Oh, put it on. This is all-star games are here, made here for tinfoil foil hats. The
1: the the puppeteer Don Garber versus Liga MX. You needed to have Chicharita out there for at least a half.
0: A half. So yeah, maybe yeah, the
1: yeah. directive was 30 minutes, but Don Garber the he, czar, overruled. and right. says no. Trito right. gets 45
0: well like you I, will like it i'm pretty sure that they uh i'm pretty sure that they had to have uh the the fourth official tried typing in the 14 and it wouldn't even let him put it in right it was like garber had already yeah. went, <laughs> he, he messed with the chip so the voting couldn't be you know that's how it was, it was. hacked yeah, it, yeah was hacked. it was hacked that's yeah. what it was um so yeah <laughs> if you miss the all-star game you didn't miss much if you miss the skills competition they really tried to make it like exciting they tried to make it entertaining and at least for me, Eric, I found it to be neither of those things. Would you what, what, what say it's, you good, sir?
1: And I'm I'm the guy who's been in the corner of the skills competition uh, for, for a long time. Right. Because when it started in Orlando, I thought, you know, what they the way they set up the competitions and the teams and kind of how they had everything going. I thought it was exciting. I thought it was a lot of fun. As it grew, I was like, okay, I'm not going to hate on it. It's a spectacle. It's a big thing. And even last year, I felt like it it looked good. But this year, for whatever reason, it just didn't have – I don't know if it's the players involved or something else that was going on. It just didn't have that same spark, that same magic. And I think it might have to do with personalities. Last year, you had Jorge Campos go out there in his chanclas. And it just felt a little more personal, like they were having a little bit more fun. I think – if you're going to lean into something like a skills competition, lean all the way and make it wacky, make it silly, bring in you know the mascots, do do something a, l- a little crazy. And I think this it was missing that extra element of fun. It it was basically just training drills, which at the end of the day, that's all they are—they're glorified training drills. Right. But but you can you can add some some pizzazz, for lack of a better word. Like it it was missing an extra. oof. Oh, so this year it fell a little flat for me.
0: It felt way. I mean. I think there's only so many times you can watch a guy like Emmanuel Reynoso, who is an excellent soccer player, uh, unable to hit a stationary target 12 yards in front of him. I'm like, I'm sitting there going, literally, I can do that. I know I can do that. Like, this is something I can do. I don't care if there's people watching me. I could hit somebody. It's like when you get further well, away, I'm I'm starting to worry. But that was horrible. Like some of yeah. these guys, it was embarrassing. You're like, really? Are you professionals? Well, well that's where I push back because. It, it, when you're
1: in the pressure cooker, I think for the the layperson, what pressure I think, cooker? I think I think of just have being in it's, a stadium, all the eyes on you, game. you're on TV. But the counterpoint is, these guys are professional athletes; they play on TV all the time. They're in full stadiums all the time, so they shouldn't feel that. So they that were, oh, they were I can go on there and I could do that. I, I'd push back the average guy who says that. But to but the counterpoint is, Reynoso has played in plenty of full stadiums in his home stadium. You know the so, I, I hear you. Yeah, definitely. Players, some players get exposed a little bit in those competitions, which actually was my fear for Chicharito, right? Because uh, I thought he was going to be in the the target competition, but he wasn't. So I was actually worried that he wasn't going to have a good showing. But he actually had a, a pretty decent showing. He was fine. So uh, he, you know, it was. He, you're right. It was fine. It he, was what it
0: was. <laughs> he didn't embarrass himself. It was yeah. fine. They, they. I like how it's like all these things matter, except the crossbar challenge at the end matters more than all the all the rest. It's just like, well, then why? Let's go wins. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, then why <laughs> didn't you just say that? Like at the end, it's like you know the whole deal. So. And Anyway, so they did that. Uh, The All-Star game went out there. The MLS All-Stars, in case you didn't watch, won two to one um, over the Liga MX uh, All-Stars there. Um, Chicharito played 45. Julian Rajo played 45. I know a lot of people were saying, oh, Julian Rojo is getting run past the run over. I didn't have any problems with how he played. He played fine. They didn't score on him in that half. Um, They were they were under a lot of pressure. Uh, for sure. Uh, Dane St. Clair, the the Minnesota United goalkeeper, um, actually won the, the MLS. Yeah, the, the all-star game MVP, um, <laughs> you know, in the home stadium and also had a bunch of saves because he was under fire there for a little while, but uh, did fine. Chicharito, by the way, uh, he played. Th- he he was good for 30 minutes. The last 15 minutes, he was like, why am I still out here? Which is the correct, correct uh, answer for that. Um, and people are saying that he didn't play well again. I think he suffered from the same thing that he has with the LA Galaxy, which was a lack of service. And uh, the MLS All Star scored in what the second minute? Was it? It was this? pretty. Yeah, it was really early. It's pretty
1: early on. And also, are we going to talk about? I know you don't have the image queued I, up. I don't. We're not going to do that. Let me talk about the fans. play first, and then you can yeah, tell. Then you can it.
0: say <laughs> um, a thing. But on the goal, by the way, and Mr. Provino gave us a five dollar super chat. Says happy back to school edition of COG. Yeah, kids starting to go back to school. Things are starting to yeah. heat up. But you know. Well, I mean, it's hot again. Somebody, <laughs> somebody had pointed out they're like, and this was had to do with college football, right? And they're like, they're like, man. You know it's the fall whenever it's October and your wife is just pumping out those pumpkin spice latte candles. <laughs> it's too hot, but you don't want to pretend that like it's too hot, and so you're just gonna pretend that it's fall already. And the whole day, and you're watching, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes, right? Like the whole day, and I'm just you hear the Fox Sports right? music cue, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and I was sort of like, you know, I do kind of, I do, I am in that way, and we always do this as we start to hit September. We're like, well, it we're must ready. be fall. It must be fall, and it's like, no, it's still hundred degrees outside. But you know, hey, get those get those those pumpkin candles lit yeah. up, you know.
1: Pumpkin spice is just around the corner.
0: That's yeah. that's right. We're almost there. Um, so anyway, thank you for the for the super chat. But so on the first goal, Carlos Vela scored. That's not the that's that's really not the story. If you watch the play, it's Chicharito who's, who who opens up the whole play for for Carlos Vela. He starts <laughs> on the back back shoulder. And he makes a run around Carlos Vela and in. And in doing so, he takes his defender with him and he takes Carlos Vela's defender that steps forward on him. Chicha was open. If the ball would have came to him, he could have headed that ball into the goal, but it went over him and found Carlos Vela, who was now suddenly basically unmarked because Chicha dragged two players inside on him. And it's like, that's the type of stuff that Chicha never gets recognition for. And, uh, I love TT. He's he's a good friend of mine and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure he had his eyes closed on that whenever he, he walked in there to, to not say, what a great run by Chicharito, what a great movement, because that's what he does. That is his signature right there.
1: What I hear from you is you are arguing in favor of the four four two and opening no. up Dion Lo- Jovulic no. <laughs> to no. do that. No. But, but I was not coming in expecting uh, that homer of a take. The Carlos Vela scored, but Chicharito really gets all the credit. So kudos to you. That's It's really impressive. That's but you're right. You're right. You, I, I, you could argue that he missed, he missed the header, but it did go over him. Yeah. And, and it opened up the space. So you're 100% fair. Uncatchable. I was expecting it. Uncatchable. But, but you're right. <laughs> I, but the story comes after the goal. The first two players to run and celebrate with with Carlos Vela are Chicharito and Julian Araujo. And it just gave for the most odd image of all of them smiling. And it's just like, oh my, this just feels wrong (laughs) to see the three of them embracing and smiling. And you know these guys... Get along. Chicharito and Vela have gotten along. They've been good friends for years, so that's not surprising. So, but it was just so weird to see them em- embracing. And uh, you got i put it on Twitter and got a lot of people just you know doing the vomit emoji. <laughs> Didn't feel really safe about it. And then of course a lot of uh, the El El tree. Uh, um, Mexican national team fan saying, yep, all three of these guys will not be going to Qatar. But <laughs> here they are, lighting yeah. up MLS All-Star in League. Well, in well
0: so, I mean, fun I mean, times. I mean, how it, it must feel a little uncomfortable though for for El Tri to see those three guys like sort of be involved in a play that beats the the the, the local league, right? I mean, yeah. We can say what we want about this all-star competition. We can say whether or not it gets taken seriously. I thought it got taken seriously that Darlington Nagby almost had his ankle amputated during the late. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's that a red a nice card. Tack. I mean, not nice, but like that,
1: yeah, was, but that was that a, was a, a
0: real that tackle. That was yeah. a real tackle. And I'm always like, we don't need to be playing real games in the middle of these things. But if you look at sort of what happened, I think I think 1.4 million people watched it on, on TUDN is is what I saw on like 300,000 on ESPN or something like that. I, I so blocked out the ESPN numbers because they weren't, you know, um uh relevant to what we're talking yeah. but one by four, and somebody pointed out this is why there's going to be a league's cup next year it's like yeah, yeah. because it's going to be huge in mexico it's going to be i imagine it i'm actually kind of excited for it. i do like a full format tournament i just wish it wasn't in the middle of a league like it just it feels it feels wrong in that way but yeah. i'm sure i will enjoy it
1: it's it's competitive it's com- it's a com- competitive games and i think when you say they're meaningless friendlies they they lose a little bit of it, like the, the Chivas game. But when you make a, you know, put a trophy at the end of it, and all of a sudden you have uh, a competitive game. I think it was, uh, they had the Argentina played Italy, and they, they, I forget what they called that, the cup, but the, all of a sudden there's a new competition where, you know, the European champs play the South American champs one game, but they're, they're tournament champs, even though it's just one game, and you play these games, and Messi is now, you know, top of the list because he won this international trophy. It's like, was just one game you could have just called that a friendly but you put a trophy on it all of a sudden it's competitive and you get that cachet so I think that's whether you love it or hate it Putting it in a competitive format, giving it a trophy, giving those bragging rights—you're gonna. I think you will see some good competitive games next season.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Chicharito and uh, Julian Rajo both getting starts at the uh, at the beginning of that, so that was uh, fun to sort of uh, watch there. Uh, my only coverage that I provided for the All Star game was basically just injury watch. I was just making sure nobody got injured, uh, and then whenever Greg Vandy commented today. On Chicha playing 15 more minutes and Chicha being surprised by it and and Greg being surprised. Greg, by the way, said that both of those guys will be fine uh, and both should be available for Saturday. I'm very interested to see if Vanny uses this as an excuse to start Yovlic over Chicharito um, because I would I, I would there. How about that? I'll just stop with that. I would <laughs> uh, whenever yeah. whenever you it do it would that. make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, one of the other things that sort of popped up was Julian Araujo. Uh, Julian Araujo is the first player born in the 21st century to start for the MLS All Star team. <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know if that makes me feel good. He's so he basically he was born August 13th, 2001, so he's the youngest player um, basically out on the field to have started you know in the in the 21st century. That's that's a crazy. I don't know if I like that stat, but it's 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 <laughs> there. And and there you have it.
1: I, I think that's one of those things that it happened when you know after you know, we're having people who are reaching adulthood now who are not born, you know, after September 11th. That's kind of like one of those, you know, core memories that people have and he kind of falls into that category. So you're right. We're, we're not getting any younger Josh. So a stat like that does make you feel a little bit old, especially when you see these players come up and then maybe retire. You're like, wait, I was his age. I, I was kind of this guy's age and now they're old and they're retired. So I understand where you're coming from with it. But the one thing that surprised me is MLS has historically had a lot of young talent right and so that that does surprise me that he was the youngest all-star that's been on the team i feel like there's been younger well, stars uh, th- on the there rise
0: may, there may have but, been younger but he's the first person to play who was born in the 21st century the 2001 uh, so that's the youngest that's the there. rub okay yeah. Yeah. then
1: that's why i was confused and yeah. that's why you're there to correct
0: me. i'm i'm i've got you no problems we we got you <laughs> locked down for this one uh by the way if you notice any of the graphics shifting to the right during this Um, apparently every time I click on one, it then shifts to the right. We haven't figured out why. Um, so I'll, I'll be, I'll be slowly fixing that, but I'm watching it as I click on graphics, uh, slowly climb across the screen every time I click on it. So it's just, just an interesting little thing that's going on apparently. Yeah.
1: I I was trying not to address the elephant in the room because, you know, a lot of people consume this via audio and not visually, but, uh, you know, the, the pre pre pre-production heating, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was was a lot of fun watching Josh just mash buttons and yell and, uh, you know, that's not part of the family show what, what was happening before we went live Him oh. trying to smash buttons and get things aligned here it was working for a little bit but it seems like we're we're back there we go now it, we're
0: back it just it just keeps sliding like after i'm i'm sure after i'm done clicking on this you will slide back over again for whatever reason who knows what it is all right so you get through the all-star game everybody basically uh comes out uninjured Chicho, they both play 45 minutes greg Vanny says they'll both be available um that's all good uh good news now um interesting thing happened today so uh, there was the plan for uh, Ricky Pooch to be announced to the media today. Um, and then we got a note, I think a little bit later and it said, Hey, um, it's going to be Greg Vanny and select players, which was interesting again. Cause it was like, wait, wasn't it supposed to be Ricky? We were supposed to talk to Ricky and the whole thing. And it was like, no, it's not, I'm like, I'm betting it's visa related and the whole deal, what I actually think happened. Um, and this is a, uh, this is an interesting part as Eric apparently won't hold still for whatever reason. um, What's interesting on all this is that usually, even if there's no visa, we can talk to a player um, about this stuff. And so when we when we look at some of these things and we go through and we're like, okay, so it must mean that Ricky's not even not even there, Um, which uh, judging from what Greg Vanny was sort of saying uh, throughout the the entire press conference, that seems to be the case. Okay, it seems to be that Ricky was not in the building and that they were actually actively going to get him to places to go to get the visa. I don't know if he had to go out of the country in order to do it. I would expect he doesn't. But Vanny made uh, sort of he alluded to the fact that. They were he had to travel some distance in order to and it didn't sound like by car, like in traffic in L.A. It's like, well, like you know, he's got to go to, you know, downtown L.A. And it's, you know, three o'clock and, you know, that's going to take four hours. So I say, you know. I
1: heard Taylor Swift has a private jet available.
0: Right. Make that
1: trek across that's, town.
0: Right. Exactly. That It wasn't Taylor Swift. That was. um uh, it was one of the Kardashians. It was. Yeah, but uh, then. What did T. T- they
1: revealing the, Oh, yeah. You don't, you're oh, not that's up fine. on this? Josh. No. I'm sorry. I thought this was because this was Taylor Swift related. Was, sorry. No. Tangent. Hold your horses, okay. folks. Then people started you know, looking up flight logs, and Taylor Swift actually had the most miles logged. And she had to come out and say, well, it wasn't all me. I was lending the plane out. So
0: that's true. But yeah, if big you, drama, if you big drama, if you own a private plane, you should lend it out because it's, it's not sitting on it. the ground yeah. does not help anybody out. It, it actually it's worse. It needs to be in the air flying. Um, by the way, uh, $20 super chat from Herb. Herb, it's nice to have you in the in the live chat and here uh, on a live show. So we certainly appreciate it. He says uh, he says, hey, Josh, props on the new intro graphics. Uh, Herb, I'll tell you, I think that's what screwed up the whole computer. So we got to figure that one out. Uh, he goes, shout out to the hammer as always as well. So there's uh, Herb. Thank you for that, uh, for that $20. we appreciate it.
1: I was going to say, usually we get injury time, Herb, you know, not make it in, but he's, he's, he's here early. It's given to the super chat. So we appreciate you Herb always like seeing you in the
0: chat. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's certainly interesting. By the way, Field the Berm says the fee to expedite a P1A visa with the USCIS is $2,500. This guarantees an administrative action is taken within 15 days. So that's basically, that's three weeks, by the way. 15 days is not two weeks. 15 days is three weeks because that's working days. Trust me. Uh,
1: that's right. Government. Yeah. Don't, government <laughs> buildings. Yeah. <laughs> don't you
0: dare count the weekends. Um, and Field the Berm says you do not need to leave the country to change visa status if you're already in the country on a valid visa. Um, there's some other stuff uh, there's some other stuff that sort of happens but I'm telling you right now wherever he had to go was not close so maybe they got an appointment up in Santa Barbara maybe they got an appointment in San Francisco because they couldn't get one down here however it was they found an appointment then they got him to it the earliest they possibly could that's sort of sometimes did you ever go um Whenever you got your driver's license, you're you're a SoCal guy. So whenever you went to like the DMV, did you go DMV shopping for like yes, you, like yeah, of course you, you did. You
1: look for your shortest suite, or you look go for the biggest one that's going to have the most windows. Yeah, it requires a lot of <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, a uh, lot this, of planning, a lot of pre-planning.
0: This is normal stuff. If you told that, if you said that same thing to my wife, she would look at you like you're crazy because she grew up in the sticks in Southern Maryland, and she's like, you went to the only place that you could, and you had to drive thirty minutes to get there. It's like, oh okay, <laughs> sorry, wasn't
1: which I, again tangent. But from the move out here, there's so many people, uh, you know, moving into Texas, That getting an appointment here, they were three months out at the earliest. So same issue here. You have to go shopping around I to find you. your earliest available. So, so, so that's what, know, same, same thing. Same that, thing happened over here. People are people, man.
0: That <laughs> people are people. Good. Way to, way to go. That should be a t-shirt. People are people. <laughs> peace um, world peace and we need your votes. Yeah. So uh if we want to go through the Greg Vanny press conference there was a lot of stuff. The the main thing was obviously on, on Ricky and the visa. Uh possibly they're getting it today or tomorrow, which means possibly he could be available on Saturday. Vanny said he was hopeful. He used hopeful in a not very hopeful way when he said it. He's like um hopeful like like almost questioning the hopefulness so in 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 act it almost cancels out the hopefulness if you're not hopeful about the hopefulness right so
1: yeah but it's probably the quickest turnaround of you know in recent memory if the visa is able to clear um but but he was in the facility recently so it's not like he, he wasn't didn't arrive i know the people greeted him at the airport and he was training i think you were mentioning he's off to the side so it's not like he's
0: you off, know, out off to the uh, side. Please use that in quotation marks. <laughs> the dude, that dude is training. All right, yeah. we all know it.
1: But I'm saying it's not like he's you know uh, uh, in the Bermuda Triangle. Like he he's he's around here in the area somewhere. He's just finalizing that deal. Uh, the, the one thing that I would argue is it wouldn't hurt to give him. 30 minutes, you know, because he's he hasn't really get, gotten a preseason, may not be in midseason form. So to get him out there, get the run of the legs before giving him a full start and getting him going. If the visa clears, I wouldn't be against seeing him get some minutes. Obviously, I don't think oh, starting him right away yeah.
0: Yeah, might Gre- work. But, Gre- but I think giving
1: Gre- him some minutes isn't crazy.
0: Greg said that if he was going to play, if he's first of all, if he gets his visa, he'll be available to play on Saturday. If he's going to play, he's going to come off the bench. That's what Greg already sort of laid that out. So um, Greg called him, you know, a, a vibrant, uh, really nice and vibrant was his exact word. I'd wanted to make sure vibrant, uh, like really nice, really confident player. Um, if you've seen any of the videos of him, by the way, uh, I'm going to steal this from, from Brendan in our discord who called him a Disney character. He looks like a Disney <laughs> character. He does yeah. like this. This looks like this looks like an actor playing a, a, a soccer player part. And like in one of those bad soccer movies where you can tell they've never played before. Yeah. Right. But like, that's the kind of act he can clearly play. All right. I don't know if he can play to the level everybody expects him to play, uh, but he he's a real soccer player. I just want you to he just he he looks like this is a fashion shoot. and It's not his fault. I'm not saying he's well, doing look, anything.
1: <laughs> you know, don't apologize for being handsome. Ricky <laughs> that, that's not right. Uh, but but to your point, I, I agree with you. He does look like the Disney Channel version like they're going to come out with this show. He does look like the teen that you would cast to be the young heartthrob on that show. And that's the one thing talk about the Julian Araujo news making you feel old. You right. look at him speak and you see him and you know, it's like, he's just, he's just a child, he's- you know? And you know, obviously with the Barcelona experience and it, that that's not a knock on him, but he looks very young, very young. So right. I'm, putting, I'm putting an accent, the Pooj accent on, on the word young. Right. Uh, <laughs> he, he just looks very young. Like you said, vibrant. I, I can totally see that how that comes through, but he looks very small, very young. And so we'll see how that works. Uh, you know, on the field because I know MLS can be a physical league and I know that is one of the things in the scouting report that he can get, you know, if the the other players play physical against him, that's where it gets a little bit tricky with him. But watching some of the highlights and seeing some of the the scouting, he's very quick on the ball and is able to maneuver. So I'm actually looking forward to him. I, you know, I have a lot of hope. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to say hopeful the same way Vanny does, but, uh, but, but I, 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 feel good about it. he's, not an actor playing a soccer player. I'm seeing have that he's a soccer player who would look good like, as an actor.
0: actor right? He's Andrew Shue, <laughs> and, right? Aaron, Aaron pointed it out. And I, <laughs> and I was thinking that I, I was going to mention that eventually, but uh, yeah, Aaron, in the chat room says he, he's Andrew Shue in some ways. Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways, he's way better than Andrew Shue ever was or ever yeah, will. Andrew
1: Shue, <laughs> Andrew Shue never got minutes at Barcelona. So there's, there's
0: that, uh, you
1: know what he looks like if they remade the movie ladybugs, which they would never remake in 2022 right he looks like he would be the actor you would cast up so, what is it jonathan landis was that the guy in that
0: I, it, it may have been i yeah. have no idea ronnie it's,
1: dangerfield that was a class a classic movie i just but i don't think that could ever get made today though
0: the the <laughs> other thing the, the troy mcclure he was high school musical i can't <laughs> High School Musical, it's too close to home. I can't... That's, I, that's pretty spot on. Get your yeah. head in the game. Get your yeah. head in the game. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to turn the camera on me as I'm crying and yeah, laughing. Good um, times. I, I asked a little bit um, about... I asked Greg Vanny a, a little bit during the press conference how they got to Ricky Puig, uh, Ricky Poosh. Uh, I'm going to call him Puig for like forever. Um, and so... That's
1: unfortunate. You have... <laughs> You know, you have uh, YSL Puig here for so many years. That's burned into your memory. You is. can't look at that name and no. not say it. Even Don Garber said it yesterday. Yeah. But, but yeah, I hear you. Moving yeah. on.
0: Everybody go, just go, says Ricky, by the way. But yeah. Everybody just goes to Ricky. I'm going to do that too. Um, so I asked Greg about Ricky and sort of how he how he came to be. Um, and so uh, here's Greg Vanning we'll, we'll actually hear from Greg here. And they had some... The audio was really quiet. I think this is one of the loud parts, so I think we'll we'll be able to hear it fine. But if not, I'll come back and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. But here's Greg talking about how they how they located and found uh, Ricky.
2: Yeah, I mean, from from my perspective, we were in this this window looking at a couple things. One was to get Gaston here, who we had tried to do for a year and change. Uh, that that we were able to solidify pretty early on. The second piece was. Uh, if we could get to one more, which we were, we were really trying to get to a number 10, if that was possible. Uh, we were in conversations with a couple different opportunities. Uh, we had dropped, I think Jovan and the guys had dropped in with Barcelona, who they have, um, you know, some contacts there about, uh, certain players. And Ricky being a number 10, he wasn't in the team all the time. It was, it was, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a long shot, but if you don't swing, you don't know. That was the same, same idea we had at, at uh, Toronto, when we got Giovinco, if you don't take a swing, you'll never know if uh, if you can if you can get it done. And so, um, the pieces worked together. He was a young man that they were they were looking to get to somewhere else to get games to play. Um, he saw the project, and his family saw the project as something that was really beneficial and exciting for him uh and at the end we had the ability to move Ryan which was to open up essentially what became like a Max Tam spot essentially which was if you if you're interested and you want to come this is what we have and this is what the the pro- the process and the program would look like for you we we see you as a number 10 we see you as a guy who can help really orchestrate our final attacks who's going to we think can grow in our environment because we will we will be more dependent on him and those final actions and to develop that part of his game than maybe he would be if he were at Barcelona, per se. That's not the, that's not the role he's expected to play at Barcelona, which is to be the final passer, the playmaker and all that kind of stuff. But he comes here and he's that guy for us and can really, I think, grow in that space. Um, you know, the, some of the agents that work with him, uh, they're very aware of, uh, you know, the time that I've spent with Victor. Uh, and Victor working with us in Toronto and here, so they are very aware of the style of play that we like to play and how I manage and how I work with the players and uh, in our training environment and all that stuff. So for them, the the agents thought this was a great position for the young man. The family saw it as a really good opportunity, uh, and and Ricky was super excited, and so then the pieces fit together. And for us, we were excited because, uh, you know, these are, these are not situations that happen often, and when they do, it's pretty amazing. And, and obviously, we were able to pull through, and he's had dinner with them and his family the other day, and he's been around here, and he just has this nice, youthful energy, but also this uh, there's just a passion to play, and obviously, the ability will speak for itself when he gets on the field. It's, it's nice to have in our group.
0: All right, there. Uh, there goes uh, Greg Vanny talking a little bit about uh, Ricky and all that he can bring to the table uh, with this. Um, let's clear up some things. You want to? You want to kill some? Kill some? We're going to kill a couple different rumors tonight. But let's kill. Okay. Let's kill the first one. Well, uh, let me. Yeah, let me Jump
1: in just immediately following Vanny's comments. There. This is actually why I hate Greg Vanny, is because he told me everything that I wanted to hear, <laughs> and I don't like that uh, <laughs> because then the players go out on the field and they don't execute what he tells me and that's where the frustration comes because that's exactly what we need we need the number 10 we need the playmaker you know we're just seeing it in the chat Chicharito isn't gonna get the service that he was getting in the sales competition at the Galaxy games but a player like Pooj is gonna be a player who can come in and hopefully provide that service and to Vanny's point that's not the role he was asked to play at Barcelona, but that's not to say that he can't do that role in MLS and succeed and thrive in that role here, and I think that's what the expectation is. That's been a huge gap that the Galaxy have been missing, and so when you tell me that, you're telling me this is checking all the boxes, this is the final piece, this is what the Galaxy need, but now I just know we're going to go out on the field and it, we can talk about <laughs> X's and O's and game planning and what actually ends the end product, but what Vanny said is music to me. That's exactly... Like if you were to, you know, crafters. What do I want the coach to tell me? It was exactly what Banny said. So that's a positive that he's in line with kind of how I, what I feel is what the fans want to see and what you know the pieces that are missing on the field. So I'm looking forward to that. But I, I just want to see. I want to see it on the field and see it work out. See that game plan come come to fruition.
0: I mean, I mean, if nothing, it tells you that. And I do this all the time. Is that are you are you gauging the way that Vanny thinks correctly, right? Like we we all sit there and we say, this is what you need. And Vanny comes out and says, we're going to get a defensive midfielder. Well, yeah, he wanted to get a DM and then he wanted to try to get a 10. He thought it was more important to get the DM than the 10, not knowing what 10s would be available. It's kind of hard to say. Eventually now you can go and look and say, well, getting Pooj at a max Tam deal, which let's be very clear. I asked Greg Vanny about this as well. I asked him about uh, Pooj taking a pay cut because... Realistically, he was making 3.3, 3.5, $4 million with Barcelona. He's gonna make a maximum of $1.625 or $1.6125 uh, million. And that's it. Maximum. Vandy told said it was a max tamdale. Not only that, but as it keeps going, that max tamdale is now set in for three and a half years. That's not a max tamdale that should balloon to a designated player next year. In fact, it can't because it's averages and averages across the entire set what kind of player it is. So realistically, Ricky is just going to make Max Tam, Max Tam, Max Tam. Now, that's supposed to go up a little bit every year. And so he can make a little more money, a little more money, a little more money. But he's not going to be a designated player, which means the L.A. Galaxy got a 22-year-old Barcelona player on a free transfer for Max Tam. Now, either that means that... Um, as somebody who is very well connected in the world of football told me, uh, why does Barcelona give a player away for free? Um, you know, what did they see with him? And, and there's some, there's some knocks on him. Right. There's some knocks and he's going to wear the number six, by the way. I, I don't know if anybody saw the graphics and all that, but he's wearing the number six, which everybody assumed because he wore six, I think, for Barcelona. And then Ryan Revellson when it was wearing six and he got transferred out. So it's really simple. Yeah, he's wearing six. Yeah, easy, easy swap. That's actually why they transferred out Ryan Revellson. Somebody asked me that. Is that <laughs> yeah, why you wouldn't was, give
1: up the number? You yeah. wouldn't <laughs> give up
0: the number. So they got rid of him. Um, and so uh, so you, you have that part of it um, in there. He has some knocks against him. Uh, apparently, in Barcelona, he was known to party off the field as a young as a young man. I can kind of understand that. Now, is that good that you put him in the same locker room with somebody like Douglas Costa, who also perhaps likes to party? Um, is it good that you put him in the same locker room as Chicharito? Is it good that you put him in the same locker room as Victor Vasquez? Now, here's the here's the Victor Vasquez rub. We all heard the story. We all read the ESPN report, basically said that Victor Vasquez helped um, to, to recruit Ricky. Uh, totally false. Not true at all. Uh, (laughs)
1: you mean he wasn't on the line
0: wheeling and dealing no he he wasn't like hey Ricky you're so fine Um, I made a Kevin Baxter joke and I apologize so (laughs) so profusely Um, he did so uh, Victor uh, and I've heard this directly from Victor's mouth Um, I don't have the audio to play but I've heard this Uh, Victor said, no, it's not true at all. He talked to him after he signed and said, Hey, if you need anything, I'm here, whatever you need, that type of thing. as you would as a teammate, which is like, you're coming from Spain. I played there. I know I'm, I'm, I'm from Spain. I will help you in any way that I can type of thing. That's what you would expect from Victor Vasquez. He did that. He wasn't out there jumping up and down going, Hey Ricky, come on over here. Let me tell you all about Greg Vanny. But Vanny does indicate that agents, knew about Vanny's style and they knew about victor vasquez playing for greg Vanny, and that took into some consideration but it wasn't like victor vasquez was out there recruiting which was i think the hope for some people um but
1: i think that's where the lines got crossed is because like you're saying you know it seemed like they were selling on him hey if you're going to come here you're going to play number 10 if you're going to come here this is the money that's available so it seems like there was a sales pitch to him so i'm willing to bet everything I own, that part of that sales pitch is, hey, we have a guy who used to play for Barcelona also. Victor. And I'm sure that's where probably the lines get crossed that Victor Vasquez was used to recruit him. His name was probably thrown out there as part of the sales pitch. Right. That's what I would assume is yeah. what
0: happened. Well, I mean, and, and you have to understand that that's how like things get twisted a little bit. It's like, oh, well, you know, Victor had played for Greg Vandy. So we knew Victor and was, oh, so Victor helped in the whole thing. Well, no, not really. But indirectly, yes. You know, those types of things. And that's how you can sort of get it. By the way, the Disney Channel shows that keep keep being dropped in the chat room are starting <laughs> to the hey, Ricky, hey, Ricky um, is, is a hey, Jesse. Uh, uh, no,
1: I thought that was because of your hey, Ricky. Hey Ricky. So
0: fine. No, because hey that's, Ricky. Hey Ricky, I guess I I thought it was Hey Jesse from the Disney Channel, which also works, by the way, because he could have his own TV show about how he was a nanny, Um, and that was yeah. Just (laughs) you lost me there. Okay, you haven't watched that
1: one. I was not. I was not in on that
0: one. Okay, I'm sorry. I I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> the chat room will back me up. I know I'm not crazy. I know I've watched the show many, many times. Um, you're talking about a Disney Channel person with an 11 year old and a two and a half year old. I am fairly well acquainted with the Disney. You're well versed. <laughs> um. So anyway, so with Victor Vasquez and stuff like that, that was false, right? In fact, it was total. <laughs> it was total BS, as somebody put it right? And the whole deal. So that didn't happen that way. Let's talk about the other rumor that sort of got squashed, but it did and it didn't. Let's tell a story first about Gareth Bale and Douglas Costa and Christian Pavone and then let's tell you how It was talked about today. So uh, there was a um, there was an Instagram post that came out that basically said the L.A. Galaxy had a chance to get Gareth Bale, but they picked Douglas Costa instead and sort of hinted that it was because of timing that Costa was able to come in the winter and that Bale wouldn't be able to come the summer. And the Galaxy were like, oh, you know, that's a that's a better deal. However, however, that looks okay, Um, I know where that story came from. Um, not only do I know where that, how that story was posted, but I know who told that story and the whole deal. I also talked to people. I also talked about that story. I got the whole thing. I got a little different take on that, which was basically this. We know about Christian Pavone. We know the LA galaxy just this last winter. We're interested in bringing back Christian Pavone, So they had everything all set up.
1: I was going to say Greg Vanny, even in his opening press conference said he was excited to yeah. work with a player like Pavone. Right, right. So it seems like that was a done deal or very close to. You.
0: Eric, what uh what day did that introductory press conference happen? Do you remember?
1: I don't I don't know.
0: January sixth, of course.
1: Oh, that's right, yes. I do remember that now.
0: <laughs> oh, the inauspicious oh, start to, to Greg Vanny's uh tenure. <laughs> that's a, that's the an omen, omen, right? Right, that, that, that an should omen. have been uh, yeah. you know, democracy comes crashing down, and Greg Vanny takes over the LA Galaxy on the same day. Cool, um, nice. yeah, it was happening in the background while we I was on a like Zoom call with Greg. I, that
1: was, uh, yeah, that was one of the few calls I was actually on, yeah. Get. I remember that happening simultaneously.
0: So um, anyway, so um, he talked about that and he was, they wanted to bring in Christian Pavone. This was even this winter that there was a chance to bring in Christian Pavone. Again, we knew that Christian Pavone's contract situation and what was going on at Boca, the whole deal. Now, obviously the, sexually, the sexual assault charges are what has been holding up this whole thing. And so with the LA Galaxy, they're like, we want to bring back Christian Pavone, but we can't unless those get cleared. And so there was an expectation that perhaps those will get cleared, which never happened. And so then they had to move away from Christian Pavone. So then... There's a there's so so in the story that was told on Instagram, basically there was a choice then that was made between Gareth Bale and Douglas Costa. That's um, the way the story was told to me. Was that Gareth Bale's name was known sort of to the LA Galaxy that that perhaps they had a chance to sign him, maybe not, um, and that eventually whenever they were looking at between Gareth Bale and Christian Pavone, they were like, "Well, we're going to take Christian Pavone because he's a he's a well known, you know, you know what you're getting." It was an easy that's an easy signing for, for anybody is to get Christian Pavone. Gareth Bale wasn't playing. There were some injury things, the whole deal. So you sort of said to say Christian Pavone is the is the correct answer to that. Well,
1: yeah. And also probably price tag, Christian, Christian Pavone cool. was gonna be at a lesser price, you, a proven commodity. You right. knew what you were getting. I think if, if you, I would still take bear, bail, the chance at bail over Pavone, but I can see the argument where that you can walk away quote unquote saying it was a better deal to go after Pavone.
0: Yeah, um, and and it very, it, you know you listen, all these things are up for argument. I don't have a problem with that. To sit there and say, oh, Christian Pavone is the is the one you're looking. By the way, two dollars super chat from Chris, who says Costa better than bail plus Pavone. Obviously, there was a there was a sarcastic smiley face there uh, at the end. I think he was trying to sort of show how it went. So, um, without being able to bring back Pavone because of the charges, um, and I would imagine in this particular case they never went back to to bail or or that type of thing. At least in the way the story was told to me. Um, they didn't go back to bail. They just sort of moved on and they went looking for somebody new. They eventually found Costa. They brought Costa in. Uh, Kevin Baxter asked Greg Vanny specifically about that and said, you know, was it ever black and white, the difference between Costa and Bail? And Vanny was like, no, that's too simplistic. That's, that's not the way that this ever worked. It was never a direct, you know, one for one. And Vanny even meant even put it out to say gareth bale has been offered and sort of kicked around his name has been kicked around uh to the la galaxy for you know a year and a half right by different people by the way not always the same person different people he goes you never really know if it's true or not never he goes and by the way i can name like 30 players that that happens especially here at the la galaxy right and we know that because we follow so much of this stuff um whenever you go that every rumor ends up being pointed at the la galaxy the whole deal Mm. Vanny snuffed that out today and basically said it was never a choice between Pavone or never a choice between Bale and uh, and, Costa. And And when you look at that, I I think that's probably closer to the truth. I still think that there may have been a chance in there, um, at least talking to some people, that perhaps Bale could have been an option. But again, it's like uh, there's been a lot of players who have been rumored to be heading to the LA galaxy, right? Because there people have said, Hey, so this person might be interested. I think with Bale, they sort of threw out a pretty wide net there and tried to sort of figure out. And maybe it was a timing issue because certainly the yeah. galaxy were, were focused on doing. Now I'm not saying in any way that Douglas Costa is a better choice than Gareth Bale. If you're comparing those two, um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that understanding that the galaxy are trying to make choices and that, um, they make the wrong choice in Costa, but I don't think that's related to Gareth Bale.
1: It, I think it just stings because of how Costa, the Costa deal has played out. I think I made the argument on here that I I could see a scenario where Costa could thrive here and kind of revive, you know, his career. You know, I compared it to when Zlatan was coming to the LA Galaxy; he was coming off knee surgery. You know, people were taking a chance on him, but he basically revitalized, uh, you know, showed that he still absolutely had it and was able to go back to AC Milan after that. I I said that that could have been a possibility. I didn't guarantee it, but I said it could be a thing, and we've seen how that's played out. And I think the fact that there was a possibility for Bale, and you've talked about this a bunch of times also, is that these rumors don't, the rumors don't happen, and then the deal happens next week. These are conversations and relationships that are built over years, and Bale is a name that was always kind of rumored to the LA Galaxy. So when it happened across town, I was like, man, that feels like an LA Galaxy move. And so I I believe, you know, and there's no way to confirm this, but I believe in my heart that Bale absolutely had interest in coming to the Galaxy. And it was a timing thing. That DP slot was gone. Uh, Greg Vanny wanted someone at the beginning of the season. Uh, And, you know, hindsight being what it is, you may have been better off not having you know, a DP at all on the roster and go, rolling the dice with everyone else and then having Bale come in the summer. It's easy to say that now. But there was also the possibility of, you know, having someone come in and make things happen. So it was a gamble and it didn't work out in their favor. as a gamble and a loss. It's easy to look back at it now. And it's also something that we need to look over the course of the, you know, Bale has played, what, three games? 96 four minutes, games?
0: 96 minutes yeah. like two, so two games that, or something
1: like that, yeah. You know, he's looked good during that time but there's no guarantee that that's going he's going to be you know an all-star for his entirety of whatever contract is here as well so we'll see how that works over time he may end up being the real deal in MLS i can see him bail doing really well and Costa yeah. uh, flaming out but so it's easy to look back on that deal now I can see the rationale, but it just stings that it could have been an LA Galaxy deal and the way things have gone out.
0: I mean, lots of things have been right. I mean, and we see that so many times, so many players have been close to being LA Galaxy players over the years. Uh, If you ever get a chance to talk to like Bruce Arena about that stuff or you get some guys who have been around for a long period of time. They can tell you some stories about some names. Yeah. Um, well, the,
1: the Ronaldinho one is that, the craziest one, I think.
0: That yeah. Ronaldinho is definitely one of those names that I yeah. was thinking about on that. But, I mean, another guy who has been linked with the LA Galaxy over a significant amount of time, too, is like Cristiano Ronaldo, right? So uh, you can't tell me, and I'm sure that Vanny, whenever he said that I can name 30 players, well, yeah. I guarantee Cristiano Ronaldo is one of those players' names. Um, so... You look at where that sits. I think that if we're looking at Ricky and how he sits, I think the Tam deal is a relatively low cost, low risk sort of signing for them. I know it's Max Tam. I know it takes up one of those spiders. He's 20. He's going to be 23 in two days. Um, he's 22, 23. You got to think that this 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 has a chance to work out for the Galaxy. And let's... Let's talk a little bit about Ryan Rubellison because Greg Vandy gave us some insight and he goes, I don't know if this story is well known and the bottom line is it's not. Um, this is the first time I'd heard this story, but Ryan apparently was iffy on joining the LA Galaxy. Um, he was like, okay, this sounds like a good opportunity and then was like, but I don't know if I want to leave Europe and go to North America to Major League Soccer and if that's the place for me to develop. He goes, I don't know if that makes sense for me because, you know, I'm 25, right? And so yeah. I can sort of come, come what I'm, what am I doing in that time? I'm relatively young. I'm coming over. I'm playing in major league soccer. He goes, will I ever get back to Europe? And one of the things Greg Vanney sort of said is, you know, it'll be our goal to get you back to Europe. It well, That's what we want to do is we want you to come play for us. We want you to give it all. And then if there's, there's interest from there, we're going to let you go, right? Like it's one of those. It's mm-hmm. This is how Bruce Serena was really good at this too, in a yeah. different way, which was sort of like, you know, we'll let you go if you want to go. Where do you want to go? We'll we'll make it happen. We're going we're gonna to make sure that when you come into our team that we take care of you. And that means taking care of you on your way out too. We're not just going to, you know, cut ties and trade you in the middle of the night without telling you after we told you you were safe <laughs> and you just bought a house, A.J. De La Garza. Yeah,
1: while well, you're having tacos, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and to that point, this is why Sebastian Legette ends up at FC Dallas with his BFF, Paul Ariola. You know, I'm sure that Bruce, you know, kind of, rolled out the red carpet to get him there. But So you're right. When word gets out that this is how your club is run, and I know there's not a lot of good press about how the Galaxy organization is run right now, and we are just talking about some of it, but this is a, pos- a net positive at the end. And so if Ryan wanted to go back to Europe, he got his wish, uh, you know, he was able to go back...
0: To, league, know, to, to league, league One.
1: League One, yeah. yeah league, uh, so where he was going to go when he got his team promoted. So, again, this is going to be top-level football. He's going to be playing against you know, other top level teams. So it's what he wanted. And so at the end of the day, you were able to make a profit off it. You got some benefit. You know, I wouldn't say he got five star review looking back at his time with the galaxy, but he, he, he was a, you know, serviceable MLS player for a bit. So when you're able to say we sold a player who wasn't even our best player, you know, and and we're able to make money off it, you know, it's, it's a net positive and you land, a, a Barcelona player at the right. end of it, who's 22 on a TAM deal, because my assumption was, you know, TAM it was going to be a this year because uh-huh. of so few games and you promise the DP it, next season. But if that's not the case, that's even a better deal. 99% sure. Yeah. It feels like a win-win.
0: Yeah, it, it does. And I'll say this, there's also a knock to be placed on the LA galaxy for this. Cause Greg sort of said, you know, Ryan, we brought him in to be a six and he wasn't really a six. He was more of an eight. Well, that's called scouting boys and girls, yeah. right? You, you, you bought an eight. Uh, to be and your then, six and then he got and he
1: ended ended as a striker chaotic yeah. <laughs> striker false nine false ryan nine right. yep. yeah
0: yeah no i mean and he was frustrated with that and that was one of the things that sort of led to you know all these all the stuff coming down so um when we look at this when we look at ryan when we look at his time it's great the galaxy did what they needed to do they got the money overall this is a positive story that you can tell other people that you're bringing in like ricky right ricky obviously wants to go back to europe duh yeah right so he but you give him two years here and he develops into a, a world class player and maybe the galaxy can send, quite honestly
1: or barcelona pulls him back once wha- they Bar- Bar- go Bar- broke yeah yeah <laughs> with all their financial issues
0: let let's be let's go super hyperbole and let's say green let's say rainbows and unicorns from here on out ricky is everything that the la galaxy thought he was he's going to develop into a real number ten in major league soccer he's dangerous he's deadly he's clearly a class above everybody else he works his butt off and now he's twenty five years old. At 25 years old with the Barcelona pedigree, if Barcelona doesn't buy him back, somebody will pay a lot lot of money for that. In fact, extreme amounts of money because of where he where he grew up, where his academy was, where he was playing. If he is that player that they think he can be, Um, you know,
1: that's how I see your best case scenario panning out Is he becomes. A Giovinco type who becomes league MVP type guy, a Carlos Hill in the New England, just a guy who comes with a little bit of pedigree and just bosses the midfield and and you know shows everyone who's boss. That's best case scenario for Ricky. So we'll, we'll see if that works
0: what, out. What do you put the chances on that like playing out percentage-wise? Like if that, <laughs> if that's if you're going to pie in the sky, 100% hit. I mean, for me, it's less than 10%, right? There's like that's, really, I I, I feel I really, like
1: I'd go 25%. Okay, I feel like there you put if you put a spinner. You know, I, I feel like one of those lands best case scenario. Okay. You know,
0: one out of four. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that there's levels to that. And so that's why I sort of break it up into like 10%. I could be like, oh, well, he could be really good. Maybe he's not going to be MVP, right? Maybe he's not going to be the, the guy who control Maybe he's going to be the galaxy's like second best player. And yeah. he's just really good all the which, time.
1: Which I'd which, love a second best player right now. I feel like Who's with, the first best player? We don't have a first best player. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, so, so that's something to sort of keep an eye on. Again, I think it's a success story for the galaxy. They can sell to other people down the road with, with Ryan, but it also comes at the expense of you guys got a, got an eight when you should have bought a six and you didn't realize that you didn't get that. This is where somebody asked me uh, a little bit, Eric, and they were saying, uh, if you look at, uh, at, at sort of some of these things that have happened, um, like how are Bale and Costa and Pavone the only guys in your net, right? And I'm like, well, we never know how big the net is that the LA Galaxy cast, right? Because we don't hear every name that they went out to look at. We don't hear all the 20 names that they had that they whittled down. By the way, I don't want to suggest that they had 20 names. It could very likely be they had three names. There was, you know, or two names, Costa and Pavone. Well,
1: Yeah, how long have we said this, that, you know, other teams seem to find you know, the, the Rui Diaz and the Ladero, these guys who are maybe not the household names, but come in and make a, a, a huge impact. Uh, we've been saying that the Galaxy haven't found that diamond in the rough. It's what's the name recognition? People know Zlatan, you know, you, you hear, well, people know Bale, so that's a name that's like, people know Modric, so that's a name. So that, you're right, the net doesn't seem to be, to find that development player, it seems to find the superstar. And so that is, has been a knock. And I think, with the, the Pougé move, it almost feels like the best of both worlds because it is a high profile move because of the club he's coming from, but he's not the, you know, Iniesta or Xavi guy yet. So you're able to kind of bring him as that development guy who could turn into something special. So it feels like it could be here I am talking myself into it. This is gonna be the best <laughs> of both worlds. He's gonna <laughs> light the world on fire. Why are you doing this to me,
0: Josh? I, I don't know. I'm not trying to, all right. I mean I'm not But it could it could be
1: where they this is the sweet spot. You get the name recognition, uh, someone who the footballing world knows, but you also get someone who you can develop and sell on at a later time. They're not going to retire in your league, which has been the knock on MLS uh, to some degree when they do get the superstars.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think I agree with that. So um, so anyway, that's that's sort of one of those things that that we could take off and, and we can sort of see. Um, how all these things sort of go down. One point was somebody did say was that I feel it's less of a, less of a, a net and more of a spear with the LA galaxy. And I was like, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't feel wrong either. Like they're just going to pick <laughs> out one fish every time. Um, and, and that's how it goes. I, I wanted to get to some, um, some questions that we had. Oh, wow. That's not what I wanted at all. Just,
1: <laughs> I, Graphics. Again, I, if you're not watching the live show, this, this is <sighs> one to go back and watch. It's just, so good times.
0: It just—it keeps moving my stuff, Eric. Every time I do something, it's like, "Don't oh. touch my stuff!" I—it just—it like—it moves it every single time. I don't understand. We normally don't have a problem with this stuff at all. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I wanted to get to some questions. I'm not even sure that that's possible. Uh, oh, is, oh, you can still see the question. You can over. see our question. Um, <laughs> let's let's get to this one real quick and then we'll uh, we'll try to get to it. Um, I asked some of the guys on Reddit if they had any questions. Uh, one is is there a chance for Ephra get sold to another club next year? Um, yeah, 100% right I mean that's that, there, there's I think there's hope in that. Um, mostly because I think that he has probably peaked in what he can do for the LA Galaxy. And so if you're trying to, um, you know, sort of gauge whether or not he stays or whether he goes, the, how much more development does he have um, in LA, Eric? It feels like uh, that's less than, than maybe some other guys.
1: And I think he may have played his hand already also. I think he wants out. And I think he feels like, and this may be one of those, talking about the best of both worlds. I think the Galaxy may say, "We can't do much more for you. You haven't. You can't do much more for us. So maybe you're better off going somewhere else." And Efra may not develop more here, but maybe he does go to a different club and he is able to grow and develop and you know become a, a household name somewhere else. So I think he, those rumblings are out there right now that he does want to go elsewhere. I would imagine his agent uh, is making moves and making calls. Uh, you know, I've heard a uh, you know. Obviously, Mexico is the obvious destination where there are a lot of those rumors are going to go with those Mexican national team ties. But I've heard some you know, other op- possibilities in Spain and other things as well. So I'm sure that the end is near for the Efren Alvarez era and the LA Galaxy, just the, with the writing on the wall, with his unhappiness, uh, with his playing time and kind of the way his playing – the way, what he's getting under Vanny and maybe the pressure that he's getting here it just seems like it's it may be time to move on at the end of the season
0: yeah very well could the the side question basically was are you surprised that Victor Vasquez spoke highly of the galaxy we sort of killed that already he didn't he didn't talk to Ricky and say hey come here um so I guess it shouldn't surprise you but I'll tell you this other thing is that <clears throat> that Victor Vasquez is a Greg Vanny fan um, and so he will he will do stuff whatever he needs to do to sort of um, you know talk up the coach and and I think that he thinks the world of Greg Vanny and they think the world of each other so he would speak positively of the LA Galaxy and he would pe- speak positively uh, of Greg Vanny if if sort of given the uh, the chance on that um, let's see let's get to uh, this question I separated them out in the in the background. Um, yeah. Uh, here's Tega234 and says, my question, uh, do you feel the Galaxy have young talent ready to play now? Seems like the Chivas game opened some eyes. Ooh. Um, yes and no. I think that there's guys who should be getting some minutes. I think Johnny Perez should be getting some minutes. I like Adam Saldana. Um, I think that uh, Daniel Aguirre, who's had a knee injury, apparently is on his way back. Greg Bandy said that he'd be back um, and could be available here. Daniel Aguirre is, is a guy. I think Jalen Neal um, can get some minutes. I'd like all of these guys to start getting some minutes in the right situations uh, for these things. I am under no impression, Eric, that uh, that perhaps these guys uh, are going to be world beaters. I don't expect that. I don't think anybody should expect that from them. Uh, but I yeah. think that they have some good guys in some good places. And if that's the case, um, then I think that the Galaxy could be could be really good.
1: I think what it comes down to is you want guys that don't look out of place. And I think with Aguirre coming in, hasn't looked out of place, the team doesn't drop in a level when he comes on the field. Uh, I think you saw it with, even though it was a friendly, when Johnny Perez came in, he was a spark. He made things happen. And so, okay, the quality of the team doesn't go down. You're not risking the quality of play to, for, to develop the player. I think you see it with Jalen Neal as well. When he comes in, he, he looks calm. He looks like a center back. And so if you're able to bring these young players in, you're going to, the you know, brass tacks of it all is you're going to bring them in at a cheap price because they're your homegrowns, because they're your younger guys. And then you can fill the other pieces with your, you know, TAM level guys and your superstar guys. And I think that's what you want to look forward to. So you want to give these guys these reps That way in the future, you can start building your roster out and you have these players in your bank so you don't have to worry about going and finding these positions. You're creating these positions at home. And I'm sure we're going to transition to the game preview here, but I think we'll find out very soon also just based on points per game and the amount – how few games there are left. If the Galaxy continue their summer slump and it leans into a fall slump, why not, you know, if it's too far out of reach, play the youngsters Yeah. Yeah, at at what point – I think Matt, Matt Doyle put this uh, tier ranking yeah. and one of the, the fifth tier was start thinking about 2023. If the galaxy slip out of tier four, which is where you had him into tier five, if you're thinking about next year, then yeah, play the youngsters. Yeah. So it will, we'll see where that goes. I think we'll find out in the next two or three games.
0: Let me defend Ryan Alvarez just for a second. And that should sound really weird coming out of my mouth, but I'm <laughs> going to say it anyway. Um, he has increased his assists. He's increased his ability to affect games from last year in less minutes. Um, so you would say that he's more effective than he was last year in the time that he is given. Uh, I was very high on him coming into that SKC game and really settling down a spot that I thought Douglas Costa played horribly. Um, and so I thought Ephra played re- really well in that spot. And he got a great assist into Chicha, even though everybody thought it was offside, which worked to everybody's advantage. And Chicha ended up scoring. That's it. Um, I just don't know if that progression is enough to be like he definitely needs to stay right. As far as young talent, I don't put him on the list of guys who I'm excited to see anymore because I've seen it. Um, and I don't know that the progression is going to rapidly increase to the steps where he's going to reach where you thought he would, especially for a guy who absolutely only has one foot. Um, yeah. and well, that yeah.
1: that's that's the other side of the coin, because I'm, I'm with you 100 percent that Ephra this season is playing better than he has in previous seasons this has been one of his better seasons with the team but as many positive moments as he's had he's had an equal number of negative moments where you want to pull your hair out and you want to throw something at the tv after you see him you know dribble out of bounds so while he does have and this is it's actually not 100 percent new with Ephra, but he does things that are spectacular and he does things that make you scratch your head and so the the balance is too far just in the other direction of things that make you upset. And that's not to say that there hasn't been improvement because there have, there has been improvement. I I agree with you that it's been there, but it's just not, it's not, you're right. It's not something where you're saying, I don't know why Efra is not starting. You know, we need to send Costa to the bench and just have Efra starting every single game or, or Cabral or Grand Sir. And those three names that I just said, Costa, Cabral and Grand Sir, if those guys are not guys that I'm saying you're absolutely starting over those three, the way they're playing this season, then, that kind of says all you need to say right
0: there. I was going to say there, is a, there was an, an e-super in our chat room uh, is the most negative person on the history of this planet, <laughs> um, but is accurate in that, uh, that all the people we mentioned, Ephra, Jalen Neal... Uh, you know, I put Marcus for Kranis, even though he's out on loan right now. Um, Adam Saldana, Aguirre, Johnny Perez are all better than, than Cabral is, um, 100%. Um, well, at, I like he's super, he's super. It has the, you need, you need those guys the, in your locker room. <laughs> the most negative person and, and he's going to call it realism. And I, I respect that you think that that's yeah. realism. That's cool too. I, I get it. And, and quite honestly, if you want to be accurate about the LA galaxy, be negative because you are going to be correct right now. Right. I mean, we've seen this, this team play and everything well, else.
1: What's, what's that new Twitter account is, has the galaxy been a bad team? team it's like, no, well, when they're not playing, They can't be a bad team yeah, so, yep.
0: yeah. for three yeah, days. Right the galaxy haven't been a bad team, right? The whole deal. So, um, so anyway, so that's that let's get to, um, to some of these, uh, the points to the playoffs. Again, I just want to highlight this uh, 33 total points available, 11 games remaining we figured the galaxy need at least 18 points. It may be a little less than that, but let's just say it's 18 um, current points are at 30. So they, they need those 18 points to get to 48. That's how it works. Uh, they've gotten only three points since we started tracking Lost to Dallas, gonna... lost us sporting Kansas city. Now get Vancouver and Seattle at home. We get into must-win territory, but they're not, so we're still going to... I'm going to stick. I know you said that it's must-win, and I, I was, was going to say.
1: What I, hap- I tweeted that out in preview. I also have some math, if you're ready for
0: it. What happens if they lose at Vancouver that that eliminates them from contention? Because that's what a must-win is. It means you're, you can't... If you don't win, then, then that's it. You're done.
1: Yeah, yeah, but still. Uh-huh. You, you, you play the kids. You play the kids. but you, you, The math that I did about a month ago, once we started this... It was the, you know, based on the points per game, when you multiply it, how many games left, you're able to get an estimate. Right now, the Galaxy, since last month, their points per game has actually dropped to 1.3. And so with 11 games left, if you do that 1.3, that's 14 or 15 points, 14.3. So on the low end, 14, on the high end, 15. You go best case scenario, 30 plus 15, that's 45. Not good enough. So we know 48 points was like the magic number. I know we've added a team. Uh, I'm not putting it past other teams beating each other up, and 45 maybe being enough. But I, I just right now, as projected, the Galaxy are not not trending in the right direction with the summer sub. And if they go with their points per games with all all the re, all the games left, they I think they'll miss the
0: playoffs. Yeah, uh, they need to outperform. I will say this: When you win, your points per game goes up, so it, yeah, well, it would adjust your. It would adjust your. <laughs> that's your, the kicker. Yeah. You, yeah, I know. And if you lose, they go down. It's it. It's so you can <laughs> you can keep doing it. Only three points out of a, a playoff position right now. Um, and you can you can say that that's not important. I, I to me that still is important. That means you're within in uh, touch distance. By the way, I included my supporter shield into the fifteenth place so we could capture the LA Galaxy. Usually, only do the top half. Um, but just wanted, to, again, to put that sort of in a in a perspective into a into a way so that way people could see it. Um, Eastern Conference, we have Philadelphia, and then we get over to the LA Galaxy in the Western Conference. Here is it just three points away from Portland and Nashville, two points behind Seattle, who they'll get to play. That's a six point game, right? Vancouver is tied with them right now. That's a six point game. You win three, you keep three from them. That's separation. That separation probably mu- it should be enough to really get you into the above the playoff line. So if you beat Vancouver with some other games that are going on around there's a good chance you could be popped up against the above that playoff line that's something to to sort of say um and so that's what we get uh whenever we look at the western conference you wanted to look a little bit at the um at the schedule too right and so vancouver seattle at home and then away to new england and toronto uh again only 11 games left on this whole thing uh we head on over and we see uh home to sporting kansas city away to nashville D- super difficult game um you know, a, a home to yeah. a, a way to Vancouver. So right. the same team. Yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? That's
1: the thing, you know, to to get 15 points, that's five wins or, you know, some permutations. If you do some draws, then, uh, you know, you'd be maybe three, four wins and three draws, something like that, which out of the 11 games, what games are you looking at these and saying, these are our five guaranteed wins. Yeah, I, I, no. I don't see that. I don't see no. that. So then you say, well, maybe we can eke out some points at New England, at Toronto, yep. uh, at Nashville. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I'd bet the house Tor- on
0: that either. Toronto's so, looking looking like yeah, they're starting to come alive, trending too. in the right direction. Greg Vanny yeah. said today in his press conference, he says the last 10 games of the season, and he was speaking with this 11th one as well, is where you put your positioning in for the playoffs. This is where you figure out whether or not you're a playoff team or not. I guess we're going to find out whether they're yeah, a playoff team it. or not. This is um, the home stretch
1: right here. There, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 don't don't peak too soon. Now now's the time to peak. We should start peaking. <laughs> the, Peek, the, peak eventually. This, is this my is, new
0: my new quote. This this is it, right? Yeah, peak yeah. eventually. That's I like that. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to use that one. Uh as we go ahead and uh and look at the LA Galaxy taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps coming up this Saturday. It is a 7:08 p.m. kickoff. Oh, there it goes again. Uh, seven oh
1: eight. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it, every
0: it like it literally just moves. Oh, you're gonna love this. Wait till you wait till you see what happened there. Um, oh, now
1: we're talking. Again, if you're not watching this the is the live show, you need to watch the live show because that is where the magic happens.
0: I I honestly. I'm um, I'm about ready to quit today. I think I think this might be the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, finally, uh, LA Galaxy versus the Vancouver Whitecaps coming up. Uh, Dig in the Hell Sports Park. Spectrum Sports and at LAGalaxy.com. August thirteenth. Uh, it's a seven p.m. kickoff time, not seven thirty. So seven p.m. kick or seven p.m. TV start time. Seven o eight p.m. kickoff time for the LA galaxy on this particular day. Um, let's see, is there anything fun and exciting that you want to know about the Vancouver whitecaps? Uh, I can tell you that, uh, they're both tied on 30 points. Uh, you look at Vancouver's away record. They have just two wins, nine points total on the road. Uh, the LA galaxy at home have 19 points, the bulk of their points, six, five and one versus two, seven and three, uh, for Vancouver on the road streaks. The galaxy have won just three of their last 10, uh, same with Vancouver, three of their last nine, but just two losses in that time as well. So they have a whole bunch of draws as they sort of sit there. Um, uh, Vancouver, st- this—if you didn't watch any of this game or you didn't watch any of the highlights because it's Vancouver and uh, and Houston—and Houston, yeah. why would you watch any of that, right? <laughs> I mean, that's like that's one of those. It's like why why would I watch that uh, particular game? Um, if you're looking at that and saying. This was a crazy game because Houston scored in like the sixth minute and it was one nothing until the 87th minute uh, when Vancouver scored. And then Vancouver scored in stoppage time to in win. In 92nd. Yeah. So, so they scored two goals at the end of the game. Very pertinent for how the LA Galaxy may end up playing them. Um, and so uh, for me, watching this Vancouver team, Eric, I'm saying... Go after them. Uh, make them run, make them turn and face their own goal. I think that as you send numbers forward on Vancouver, their defense melts a little bit. Uh, they tend to pull very inside. So you will have room on the outside for width, not exactly the Galaxy strong suit, but at the same time, guys like Cabral or Grantier, or if you're going to play Costa, I hope to God Costa plays at the 10-roll because if you put him on one of those wingers and he tucks inside and burns defenders all night again, I'll probably lose my mind. Um, so you, you sort of put that in again, a really big question about whether or not Greg Vandy goes with two forwards. He spoke about that today and was sort of like, I think that sometimes we have success with two forwards and sometimes we don't. And it depends on a certain type of club. I don't think he wanted to say that he's going to tell you it's teams that are going to come in and bunker. I don't know that Vancouver will bunker, but I certainly don't see them attacking straight out. They yeah. will sit a little bit.
1: They, they do have attacking pieces. I, I have to give a shout-out to Lex in the chat. He said, if we're not losing by halftime, then we'll win. So <laughs> that, just not giving up three goals at the half is, is a success. I, I don't I don't hate the 4-4-2. Actually, the lineup um, at SKC, if you just swap uh, Arajo and Edwards, uh, I'm fine with keeping that same lineup. So uh, I, no I think that Costa. was the mistake. No, yeah.
0: Ryan can start for <laughs> Douglas Costa. Don't put and Costa on the wing.
1: That's fine as well, but I think Edwards will be better at recovering uh, than Gasper was, and I, not not to say that it, it's been stellar, but I think it'll be better. And Araujo also does a better job at tracking back and making mistakes. They do. They both Edwards and Araujo, obviously love bombing forward, but they also are pretty quick to get back and, and to make those saves. Um, so I wouldn't be upset with the four four two. The thing about Vancouver that's interesting is they're playing right now better than their record shows. Right. A lot of the Galaxy's current form is slumping. Where in the beginning of the season, it was not. Where Vancouver, a lot of their losses came early on in their season. They've actually only lost two in their last nine. And so they have, there's a lot of draws mixed in there as well, but they're not in the habit of losing a lot of games right now. And they have players like Cavallini, I know, was one of the, the goal scorers in the last one. Ryan Gald is another player with some pedigree who, who plays really well. So Vancouver doesn't have nobodies out there. They have some players. I know Dahomey is another guy who's kind of killed the Galaxy in recent years. That was another one of those um, you know pregame I don't know if you have those screenshots where they give the facts, where uh, the Galaxy have just three wins in nine home matches against the Whitecaps. So three wins. Nine times they've played them at home. They've only won three times. Again, at home, these are games that you're supposed to win. And so that's kind of the frustrating thing. For whatever reason, in recent years, the Whitecaps coming to Dignity Health Sports Park don't make you feel good if you're a Galaxy fan. So that's the part that makes me nervous. It is kids' night, so they're giving out coloring books. So maybe that'll give you something to do if the Galaxy are down three goals that they have.
0: That's a that's a rough way to 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 sort of handle everything. Yeah, Um, it's uh, I'll talk about Cavallini. Cavallini apparently suspended on yellow cards. Um, Derek Williams be suspended on yellow cards. Uh, So uh, that's that's where you're at in terms of uh, suspensions for those two. So no Derek Williams, which means probably Sega and Nick Depew, uh, possibly a Leardam. Maybe Greg goes to a three in the back. He went to three in the back against skc that didn't work out very well for him uh in the end so um there's a lot of little ways to sort of um you know try to tweak this and look at this but uh if we if we go to 538 and why shouldn't we go to 538 that's what <laughs> i say uh if we go to 538 we can see that uh the la galaxy do you want to say it you say it because if it, it's going to be bad luck no matter who says it so you go ahead and say it i don't want to be blamed for this
1: all right the la galaxy are 57 percent chance uh, of winning the Vancouver Whitecaps, only a 20% chance of winning and then a 23% chance for a draw. They have the fourth highest win percentage of the whole MLS slate. It's something like I like to look at uh, with it. So no, they're not the highest or the second highest. Normally when that happens, they lose, but they're still heavy, heavy favorites uh, going into Vancouver. So you should be very nervous once again because whenever the Galaxy are heavily favored on 538, uh, it goes it goes wrong.
0: uh, co-
1: uh but- uh, Bovada also has the Galaxy at minus 160, Vancouver at plus 420. So again, uh, if, if you don't like the way the Galaxy are playing and you feel like Vancouver is going to come in and stun them, there's a lot of money to be made on that Vancouver win.
0: Uh, Cabral's dad uh, gave us a $2 super chat and says, uh, Chad is toxic, always hating on my handsome son. Uh, By the way, a $20 super chat from Alex. (laughs) Thank you for that, Alex. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, If the Galaxy ever leave Dignity Health Sports Park, do you feel they would move closer to the center of LA LA, or move even further out? I'm still like a fan of the old Farmer's Field location that was going to be like right at Staples Center. Yeah um but i'll tell you this i don't have an answer for that i don't know with with who i don't know who's running the show and that depends for me aeg is all about property is all about Correct. location and so i would imagine that they would try to find a place that's in downtown um in order to be able to do that but you can't guarantee that certainly yeah. can't get maybe what if they built it up uh next to dodger stadium
1: what if they build a, a double decker arena so you do a <laughs> second story right? No, no one's watched the Lego movie, Double, double-decker bunk bed
0: that, I, no, I don't. Or couch. Uh, there Alex? actually have been like double-decker. There's, I think in Vegas they were talking about double-decker stadiums and stuff like that, like where there would be a hockey rink down below and then above is like a concert venue and stuff like that. I don't is that know
1: what SoFi is supposed to be. Anyway, to, to answer Alex's question, I think to me, I've always been a fan of the stadium not being in downtown LA. I think you're able to find more open just availability more real estate that you can have a bigger facility like they have with the training grounds and then you can kind of build you know the world is your oyster you can build whatever you want when you're going into you know downtown la there's a lot more restrictions a lot less space getting in and out of there parking you know traffic uh to me the ease of getting in and out of where the location is now uh you know aside from the fact that you know people love to say carson but Whatever, whatever that means not being in LA but again it's for all intents and purposes it is very much LA and it's easier to get in and out of so I was always a fan of that so if they could find another place like that where maybe it's not in the middle of the city but you're able to build a really nice facility um, you know I'm not against that as well you know I think what was the Irwindale right where the Raiders were gonna play wasn't that always a place? that they, they had the, those grounds yeah. where they can build a stadium there yeah, something like that wouldn't be crazy either if you're able to build a really nice facility i think that's what it comes down to is where can you build the best facility because i think if you have that la's a a commuter town you're going to get people commuting and traveling to get to those games make an event
0: the discord was very high on possibly a, a long beach waterfront stadium like on the water you, I, I see for me, I almost want a horseshoe then, right? Give me a horseshoe and like have an open end that actually like isn't looks out at the Queen Mary or maybe, you know, like that type of thing. Like I right think
1: there. The Phil- doesn't Philadelphia Union, isn't their their stadium like that? Or they, ha- they have an open body water or a bridge.
0: Yeah, it looks back towards the bridge over the over the river yep. right behind them. So the river. end, Yeah,
1: that'd be beautiful. Yeah, yeah that'd mean, be beautiful. Downtown Long Beach in that area there. I don't know where you'd fit a stadium in.
0: I don't just plop one. <laughs> in. It doesn't matter. Just bulldoze <laughs> things over, just, right?
1: Just bulldoze things. Yeah, I like it. That's very. The very long beach thing to do,
0: isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's how we'll, we'll rock and roll. Um, I don't know, I think that's it. Do we want to give predictions? Tell me, tell guaranteed me. to be wrong, guaranteed to be wrong. Go ahead.
1: All right, I'm going with a one zero loss. I think, uh, just I have to go with what my eyes are telling me. There's a multiverse where this is a three zero, three one bounce back game, the galaxy get back on track, but nothing this team has shown me. I I don't see that happening just based on what the Galaxy have shown me. So this very much could be that, but I could totally see them going in, getting frustrated, not being able to score. And then in the 93rd minute, you know, Vancouver sneaks that goal. And so we talked about it. I teased it on Twitter about this being a must-win game. I think this is a must-win game with an asterisk if they want to control their own destiny. Because I think if they don't win this game, it's against a Western Conference opponent who's even on points. And there's only 11 games left. And there'll be 10 games after this if they lose. Then you're expecting other results to go your way if they don't win this game. I think if you want to still control your own destiny, you have to start beating your Western Conference rivals. And so that's why it must win game with an asterisk if you want to control your – they can still do it. I don't put it against other MLS teams to totally botch it and have the Galaxy – stumble into a playoff spot but i think if they want to control it it's a must-win game this at home against a lower level opponent
0: galaxy win two nothing that's my that's my call um galaxy i i would like to point out galaxy can still finish uh finish out the season with 63 points i would just like to point that out um 11 game winning streak i guaranteed would get you into the uh, playoff picture (laughs) i i I think you'd be just love the optimism i think you'd be just i think it was an i think it was kelvin leardam who was talking to us uh and he goes he goes Really, man, we just like and, and Kelvin's like a super chill, super chill vibe, right? Like, like nothing bothers him. He goes, he goes. I think you know, if we just win like you know eleven or fourteen in a row, I think we'll be fine. Like, <laughs> I like, and he didn't say like he didn't. I think if we just get like on a roll in eleven or fourteen. Like, it's like, oh, you're stringing games together. Okay, well, <laughs> that's a,
1: Yeah, a team that hasn't won more than two, two games
0: <laughs> under Greg Vanny. Yes, yeah. yes, under Greg Vanny has never won more than two games in a row. Um, but. Honestly, if they win, if they win two games in a row here, right, they have two home games. They beat Vancouver. They beat Seattle. That's huge. You're in a much different position. Again, you getting these games earlier and Greg Vanny even talked about the game in hand. He says, we're not counting on that, but he mentioned it. So he is, Um, you know, it's one of those things. And so for me, it's like, okay, you know, I get it. I get where you're coming from with the game in hand, because there is going to be that game in hand. The Galaxy will have to play on an international break, (laughs) shorthanded. That's not what you want in San Jose. I mean, none none of those things are good.
1: The benefit is that it's against the San Jose team who's, you know, very, very much struggling and at the bottom of the table. So that's the benefit. But like you said, winning one of the next two or even getting four points out of the next two games, that changes their road trip outlook because then there's not as much pressure on those games. Hey, if you can go out there and get a draw at Nashville, that's a moral victory. If you're able to get a point at New England – because you've banked those points at Th- home, that's that some that pressure though. relieves. And yeah. that's where it's huge.
0: Yeah, because you're right. Whenever you're on the, the road, you want to be playing more loose in terms of if we can get something here, let's get it, you know, and you want to be free to, to take the risk to get it. And if you need the points, you can't be free to take the risk to, to, to try to win on the road. So, um, I don't know. To me, this, I still think that the galaxy, whenever they're playing at their, at, at the levels that we've seen them are, are a very good team. Um, I just haven't seen that. and I don't know how that fits in right now without Ricky being available. So you don't know how to fit him in. There's no Ryan that sort of fits in there either. The Galaxy aren't going to be able to play a lineup that they are comfortable with and have played before, especially with Derek Williams being out, all these other things. It's a lot of variables to go in. But at the same time, this team knows each other. They've been around each other for a while. You would think that there would be a way for them to, to understand what they need to do. Um, I'm really hoping for a Jovalich start. I really want to see Jovalich start and Chicha come in with about 30 minutes left if they need him at all. Um, I, 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 I want to
1: see a Jovalich start regardless. If Chicha's out there or not, I want, he needs to start this game.
0: He scored all of his goals at home. All right, just remember. Ride that
1: wave, ride that wave. He has
0: nine, Chicha has nine. All right, this is, this is, where, this is where the rubber meets the road, okay? Um, 18 goals between those two, by the way. That's not horrible. As a matter of fact, the goals, per, the, the goals in total... Whenever you look at it, it's similar to what it was last year now in terms of goal projections.
1: Which if you told us, hey, will you take two double digit goal scorers this season, we'd say that'd be great because yeah. that hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, and there's in still there's eleven yeah. there's eleven games to get each of those yeah. guys one more goal in order to do that. You want Chicha to catch on fire. Maybe the two goals helped against supporting Kansas City. I think,
1: yeah, I think that did help get his mojo back.
0: All right. Uh, I think that about does it. I need to get out of here before the entire computer drives me nuts. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, why don't you tell people where they can find you and I'll try to fix the graphics while you're talking.
1: No, flip me upside down. I want to I mean, I my p- sign off upside down. I here probably could. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also always find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L.
0: All right. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com for all of our wonderful information. Uh, Head on over to YouTube, put some likes, subscribe, subscribe on our podcast, do all that fun stuff. We'd certainly appreciate the help. All right. For Mr. Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. And you've been listening. Unfortunately, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy podcast, And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. And we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.